My name is Raven, professional wrestling superstar, former world heavyweight champion, and I want you to choose your four. This is the innovator of violence, Tommy Dreamer, and I want you to choose your four. Hello, pro wrestling Rushmore. This is Lanny Poppo, formerly the genius of WWE. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley. Yes, it is, and I want you to choose your four. Pro Wrestling Rushmore. It's Pro Wrestling's Rushmore. This is Pro Wrestling Rushmore. Quote the Raven, nevermore. chooses a topic and allows you the viewers to choose who winds up on our ultimate Mount Rushmore at the end of the episode. Joining me this week as my co-host is the often imitated but never duplicated Brian. Yes, we're here. Holy cow, Brian. It has been a long, long plague. I'm happy to see that you survived. So far so good. Holy cow. Been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Aaron Lewis said it best. And so did our motorcycle friend who might have just driven by. He's back, man. Weather's getting nice. What a jerk, man. (laughs) Unfortunately not back this week is the lovely and talented Sarah, who had to bake a cake for one of her friends. And she is there to present that cake to her friend. Because beyond being an awesome co-host, she is also... A great baker. Why would I know? I never had any of her cake. You've never had a cupcake from Sarah? I don't think so. Wow. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Maybe a pumpkin one back in the fall? Yeah, man. She makes awesome pumpkins. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I said cupcakes or pupcakes, but... You said cupcakes, I think. I think you Cupcakes? I'm pretty sure. I don't know if I'm talking to you or if I'm talking to the dog. Yeah. (laughs) And not the junkyard dog. Uh, It's been a... (laughs) <laughs> Better night already. G-Y-D. I know. And of course, since Sarah's not here, I'm going to take over the duties. But our topic this evening is the Mount Rushmore of Wrestling Feuds. So, Brian, just the topic alone, what does is, what is that brew up? Wrestling Feuds. What does that conjure up in your brain? How about other feuds? Other feuds? Like, a feud... See... What's a feud? What's a feud? What makes a good feud? An argument. Oh, what makes a good feud? Uh, um, a topic. A, a, a tasty topic. A controversial, a salacious topic. Think of all the juicy feuds we've had throughout the years. You've had the Red Sox-Yankees feud. Okay. You've had Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Harding. Mmm. 
you've had Taylor Swift wow. and Kanye West. You've had Pee Wee Herman and Francis Buxton. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good one. <laughs> but I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna pull an Ian right now. Okay. All see. that pales in comparison <laughs> to the wrestling feud. Yes. God, you are prepared this evening. This is this is exciting. <laughs> I'm very excited for this. I don't know if I'm more excited for the eventual food or for this topic, but uh, either way. That doorbell's going to ring any second now. I know. I'm going to have to press pause, and there's going to be an obvious audio gap, but we're still going to keep going on. But with all that said, let's begin construction on the Mount Rushmore of wrestling feuds. And the first person to submit a list to us, per usual, is Padar the Superstar. And his list consists of Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Mr. McMahon, Hollywood Hogan versus Sting, the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hitman Hart, and the Nature Boy Ric Flair versus the American Dream Dusty Rhodes. What do we think of that list, Brian? That's a very well constructed list I would say that covers uh that covers a lot of ground right there let's start at the top right here I'm just gonna spoil it for everybody the greatest feud of all time Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Mr. McMahon what do you think about that Brian that's that's gotta be the number one feud I think I that's think it's gonna be there at the end that's gotta be Kane and that's gotta be Stone Cold versus Mr. That's McMahon no, yeah it yeah. had it all that feud had it all and it was very relatable to everybody because everybody has a boss and everybody has that kind of day where they just want to take out all their anger and frustration on their boss. And this feud covered that. Absolutely. Um, but the one thing I didn't like about the feud is WrestleMania 17 when Austin turned heel and yeah. aligned with, with McMahon. The end See, of the feud, yeah. I think a good feud, they, they got to be out for blood. You don't yes. ever align with your your enemy. With your enemy, yeah. But it's on my list. I, a little bit of spoil. Yeah. I know. I know. I'm supposed to wait. I know. Just because of what the feud was. Yeah, because it lasted so long, and it la it, it, it was during a time where you had to follow a story week to week, and week to week, Austin was topping what he did to McMahon, whether it be filling his Corvette with concrete or. Driving a Zamboni to the ring and... The bedpan to the head. Bedpan to the head, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same night Mr. Sacco debuted, too. Right. But yeah, Austin McMahon. And really, Austin McMahon, they only really had like two matches against one another. St. Valentine's Day Massacre. And, and then the first yep. one where Austin said... Pretty much the one that really kicked off the feud, the one that people say is like the greatest Raw of all time. I feel like it was like April 20th, I want to say 1998. You don't really know that date. Uh, so oh, very sadly, me? I think I do. <laughs> very sadly. It was either April 13th or April 20th, 1998. Austin said at the beginning of the show that he could beat McMahon with one arm tied behind his back. And then it was when it came time to the main event, Austin versus McMahon. McMahon brought it up. He said, oh, wait a minute. You you said you could beat me one arm tied behind your back. I vaguely remember that. And and then that's when Dude Love came out and attacked Austin, and it kicked off that whole corporate Dude Love versus Austin feud. Right. And what about the Royal Rumble when McMahon won the title? 
Oh, that's great. Yeah. Because they, they attacked Austin or something like that. What was it? Well, all right. So it, it wasn't for the title. But it was it was it was the traditional the winner gets the title shot at WrestleMania kind of deal. But number number one and two were Austin and McMahon, and they ended up brawling out of the ring and all around the arena and and all that right, noise. Right. But then it came down to the end where where it was them. McMahon won the Rumble, didn't McMahon he? McMahon won the Rumble, yeah, so. yeah. But then at WrestleMania, it still ended up being Austin and McMahon. Which is the feud that we are discussing right now? What about the beer bash? Oh, leading up to WrestleMania 15, man. Yeah, man. The countless stunners, the original stunner in Madison Square Garden, 1997. Man, everything about Austin McMahon was just incredible. Yeah, that's that's definitely the best feud ever. Yeah, it, it it carried the company through dark times and. I just wish that, that so they, I just wish they never aligned though, you know. No, that was that was a, a dark a dark time. Right. I feel like Well, Austin never wanted to turn heel, I heard. I heard it was his idea to turn. Heel. It was his idea. That's what you heard, really? I heard it was his idea to turn heel and he realized very quickly that a mistake. It was a big mistake. See, I, I thought I heard that he never wanted. I thought he said he never wanted to turn heel spider. <laughs> You said I was bringing heat on you? <laughs> That's a different Scorsese movie, but still. Um, no, I heard that it was Austin's idea, and he eventually regretted it. But I almost feel like it was so close. It was so close to being perfect. What if Austin, what if all that went down, Austin still won the title from Rock, but the end of the show is Austin stunning McMahon? Yeah, that would have been perfect. Uh, like, you use... Alright, so Stone Cold was... Uh, he was supposed to be a face. I mean, he was supposed to be a heel. Yes. He was a face because the fans loved him. Yes, the so, ultimate anti-hero. Right. So McMahon comes out. He thinks he's going to align with Austin. He hits the rock with a chair, gives the chair to Austin. Austin beats the shit out of the rock like he did. Nothing changes. He and McMahon shake hands. They have a beer, and then he stuns McMahon and says he used him yes. for his own benefit. Yes. Would yeah. have been the ultimate ending to... The almost perfect WrestleMania. And he would have still stayed a face because... Yes. Even at the end of that, when the fans knew he aligned with McMahon, yeah. they were still cheering him. Well, think about... It was almost like the fans were on hold because think about the night in Providence, Rhode Island at the Dunkin' Donut Center when Vince McMahon wanted the old Stone Cold. And Stone Cold came back and he, and he attacked the WCW, ECW alliance. Right. And the fans could finally admit that they loved Austin all along. That was a cool moment. It was Were awesome. you there? Of course I was there. Were you there? weren't there? I don't know. I don't remember. If I was, I don't remember it. Doesn't that so suck about old age? Bad. Oh, man. But you know what, though? I've been to so many wrestling shows, they all run together. I it's hear like, that, man. I hear that, man. Which one, which one was I at, you know? If yeah. it was Providence, I more than likely was there. Yeah, and it was July 2001. Yeah, all right. Right before the alliance. I, I, I mean, uh, right before the invasion pay-per-view. Dude. No, nothing? No idea. All right, all right. None. Do you have any memories of Hollywood Hogan against Sting? Yeah. Uh, the stockade match that shouldn't have happened. I oh, guess. my God. I mean, it was a bad match. It was the match. perfect feud. It was the perfect, perfect feud with the worst ending. Yeah. The worst ending. And we looked so forward to it. We're like, oh, my God, we're finally going to get it. We're going to get Hogan yeah. Sting. 
It was this the best-selling WCW pay-per-view of all time, which means that more people than ever viewing WCW were so disappointed by the end of a show. Damn. It was... Oh, God, it was awful. It Nothing was just, new for them, I guess. Oh, it was so awful, but the feud was so good. The build-up was so good. I mean, from the fall of 96 to December 97, it was Sting in the rafters, you know descending from the rafters to attack the NWO. It was so exciting. It made for great TV. made for great build-up. I mean, Sting didn't even have a match for over a year. That's and right. That was his first one back, That was right? his first match back. That's crazy. Yep. It's awesome how they made him uh, stay, still stay relevant throughout the whole year. Yeah. Even though he didn't wrestle. It's almost like right now, AEW is kind of doing the same thing where it's like, okay, he's going to do a match here and there. Yeah, that's because he can't really do a match all the I time. I know, but isn't it fascinating that he's that old? But he's... I don't know. I thought that match he did in AEW was pretty damn good. So was Tully Blanchard. He just had a match in AEW. Maybe Sting and Tully Blanchard should do, like, a Legends match. Sample! Sample! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's great. What about... Oh, this is a big one. Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. That's a hell of a feud right there. Alright, so Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, great feud because it was real. Yes. And that's another thing I think that makes a great feud is the true animosity two guys have against each other. You know what I mean? Like, you knew Stone Cold and Shawn Michaels didn't like each other from the stories you heard. You mean you heard, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> What would I Be, say? Because because your mind Who blocks did... Bret Hart out completely, <laughs> completely. So you just replaced him with Stone Cold. <laughs> Brian hates Bret. Brian hates Bret. Brian hates Bret. Brian hates Bret. Bret Hart does not exist in your brain. <laughs> complete, complete. Like empty the trash bucket on your hard drive. Bret Hart does not exist. Replaced with Stone Cold. Stone yeah, I didn't even, that was like so. I didn't even realize I did that. That was just natural. That, wow. that was good. That was good, man. <laughs> I hate Bret Hart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man! But no, I love that feud too. I but mean, you heard about the hair pulling in the back. You heard about you know, the two of them always like you know barking back and forth at each other. The Sunny Days comment. Yeah. You know, like you just knew they they couldn't stand each other. I, that's what I liked about it. I, I love like... the fact that they... Go ahead. To, they, they had similar beginnings as far as, like, in the WWFS, and they came up in a tag team, and then from that tag team they split away, and they were, say, the more marketable of the two partners. Right. I mean, could you and... imagine Maya Gennetti versus Jim the Anvil? No. In a, few... <laughs> oh. in a blood feud? <laughs> Big uh, the rhino bastard. The big rhino bastard. Against that party, party, party. <laughs> no, no. Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart was such a great feud. I mean, I remember Survivor Series 1992. Those guys having the opportunity to close out the pay per view, and it was it was a really good match, but it was really like the changing of the guard. There was no more Hogan around. There was no more Warrior around. Savage transition. Well, no, actually, Savage did wrestle on that show, but the main event, Sean and Brett, and that continued on into '96, uh, the Iron Man match, and 
then, you know, Brett saw that his, his spot, his spot was, uh, was being taken over a little bit. You know what I like the, the best about that feud? Yeah. The ending? The Montreal Screwjob? Absolutely. Yeah. That was great. Brett getting screwed? A lot of people say it was a work. I could see that. I could see it too. I mean, I could it, see that, except for the fact that Brett did not benefit whatsoever from WCW, except for the money. Right. The cre- creative wise, n- no. The first person who told me that I well, the first time I ever heard that it might have been a work was Mike told me that he thought it was a work, and I was like, "You're crazy. There's no way." Mikey from the streets. Mikey from the streets. Yeah, he told me he was like, oh, "That that's a work," right away. Wow. And I was like, I don't know. Yeah. But the more, like, I think about it, it's the best damn work in wrestling history if it is a work, right? Yeah, man. That got everybody talking. What did Bret Hart really do with WCW when he left? <laughs> the man knew. He was like, you know, man, he was probably much. like, look, you know, you're not worth, you're not drawing here. You're not freaking doing anything worth a shit. Yeah. Well, go down to WCW, take their money, but yeah. on the way out, here's what we're going to do. I think about three million over... Is that I don't what know it was? How many years? I don't know how many years it was. So that's kind of an irrelevant comment. Right. But, but still, I mean, Bret Hart was paid handsomely to go to WCW and be completely wasted. Right. Well, completely I mean, wasted. if you think about it, I'm not a Bret Hart fan. I think you know that. But oh, you don't I say. <laughs> but let's be honest. McMahon ruined him. Yeah. You can't be a heel in America and a face in Canada. It just doesn't work. And then when he went in WCW, I think it kind of followed him there. Okay. You know? So, yeah, he was ruined. The man definitely ruined him. And he knew he did. Good for him. <laughs> but you can't deny, like, think about it. The the match. Were you a fan of the Iron Man match at WrestleMania 12? I like the match. I mean, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I do like some Bret Hart matches. That was a good match. I'm not going to sit here and say the match sucked. You know, all right. All right. I, I I just didn't know if your hatred for Bret Hart blinded you from from any matches that you oh. participated in. I mean, granted, he's only fifty percent of the participation. Sometimes twenty five percent. He did invent the uh, the ladder match. So he says. <laughs> so he says. <laughs> all right, Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes. What do we think about this? Oh, man, another great feud. Woo! That could be the top four right there. Like, we might just end this show right now. Pat that, just named it. it. Pat just named it right there. We're just going to put a stamp on this. You know, let's pray the Chinese food gets here, and uh, we're just going to call it a night right there. Think about it. Yeah. Ric Flair. Yeah. Going around, bragging about his riches. Bragging about his alligator shoes. Rolex watch, custom made, head to toe, baby. <laughs> the shoes. Tony, here's a hundred for you. Here's a hundred for your wife. Take a look at these sneakers, Tony. Tony, pure alligator. They cost more than your house. More than your house. I've thought about more women than you've had in your lifetime, baby. Woo! <laughs> so you got you got Flair, the the ultimate ladies' man with his custom suits and riding in limousines, and he's the champion. He's got all his buddies around him, and then you got Dusty Rhodes. 
the common man, the guy that most people can relate to. It's uh, it's a pretty good story. What do you think? Flair with his alligator shoes. Hell yeah, man. Dusty Rhodes, just the American working man. Oh, I'm bad. Flair bragging. I'm bad, baby. I'm bad. Flair bragging about everything he owns, everything he has, all the money he has. Everybody he's partying with. But little did anyone know, Dusty Rhodes is competing with him in real life. Yeah. Wearing fur coats. And... It's crazy, man. <laughs> they would just try to outdo one another. Like, yeah. One would. person got a nice car, the other one had to get a nicer car. In real life. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's what, that's what brings me back to it, you know, say... So it was like a real life rivalry that they had. It really was, yeah. 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 Ric Flair would say he made say three million dollars, Dusty would go on T V and say he made four million dollars. Right. And just you know just say it was just a constant dick measuring contest until Dusty was like, Oh I'm gone. Until Dusty was like, Babe, I can't even see my dick. <laughs> and Flair won. <laughs> yeah, Flair definitely did win. He did. But hey, still a great feud, and it, uh, that feud alone carried the Crockett NWA for uh, for a couple years. So yeah, but it, must have had something going for it. But was it just him strict, strictly him and Flair? Or was Dusty in the Four Horsemen, right? Yeah, it was really Dusty and the Four Horsemen, which yeah. was cool. So I guess you could say the feud was really Dusty and the Four Horsemen, if you really wanted to. Yeah, that's a. Uh, that's a good conclusion to make there. Yeah. I would say so. But yeah, so yeah, Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, that's a, that's a hell of a feud there. But uh, let's see who we have next here. We have our buddy Mikey from the streets. He gives us Stone Cold Steve Austin and Mr. McMahon. He gives us Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. He gives us Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. And he gives us Stone Cold Steve Austin and Bret Hart. Wow, so Mike's Mount Rushmore only consists of five people. Isn't that crazy? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Austin McMahon, Michaels, Bret, and Undertaker. Hmm. Tough to argue that list, right? Oh, that's pretty good. I mean, it was during a very successful time in wrestling, and... Uh... You look at Shawn Michaels' Undertaker, I think Shawn Michaels had two of the best matches... In, of his career, I guess, he didn't take at WrestleMania. WrestleMania's. And not, what about the Hell in a Cell? I was going to say, not to yeah. mention the Hell in a Cell match where Kane made his debut. Yeah, man. Like, they, they just had phenomenal chemistry. And, and wasn't there a pay-per-view after that or before that one where they... It was... They had, uh, they had a, it was a schmoz ending, I think. Wasn't it? It was a month before that at uh, Ground Zero. So a right. month before the Hell in a Cell, they had the Schmaz ending. But then they had the, the casket match a couple months later at the Royal Rumble. And that was another great match. Another great match, yeah. So those guys just... The casket lit on fire. The That's... casket's on fire! <laughs> the casket's on fire! And isn't that where Shawn Michaels hurt his back? Yeah. Yeah, Shawn Michaels took the backdrop onto the casket. Yeah. And... That looked rough, man. It did look Looking, rough. Like, watching that match, that looked pretty bad. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you gotta think about all the damage Shawn Michaels had done to his body anyway. It was probably just an accumulation of just bad bumps constantly. Probably. I'm just, I'm talking about that, especially that one, though. Yeah? It looked like it really did hurt him. Even yeah. though people say he was working it. Yeah, they they did say that, and they the year before, they said he was working his knee, too. Well, dude, he did a moonsault off the top rope. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I mean, I could see that. 
it's it's kind of hard to argue. Shawn Michaels, man, a lightning rod. Lightning rod of controversy. But yeah, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, great stuff. What about Austin and Bret Hart? That was good. That oh, was... you're conflicted. All right, I'm you conflicted are conflicted. Only because, not because it's Bret Hart. That was a good feud, but it yeah. didn't last long, did it? No, no. It was uh, less than a year. Right. Yeah. And then it was kind of just gone. But it produced the greatest wrestling match of all time. I don't think that's the greatest wrestling match of all time. Come on, how can you not think so? That match was awesome. Brett Austin? Brett Austin, WrestleMania 13. Greatest match of all time. Not all time. No? No, hell no. Come on. There's a lot better matches out there. You think so? Yeah. Give me two. Uh, Shawn Michaels versus Kurt Angle at WrestleMania. Okay. Right. Um, let's see. Uh, I think Guerrero, Brock Lesnar at No Way Out. At No Way Out, really? That's I think those are better than Austin and Brett. Yes. All right. Well, hey, some people like cucumbers better pickled, so it's all good. (sighs) All right. How about Steamboat Macho Man WrestleMania 3? Sure. It was a great match. You don't think that was a better match than Stone Cold and Bret Hart? As far as intensity goes, and uh, I, I don't know. I, I thought Brett and Austin was more believable. You liked that whole story. You liked the story that match told. I did. I could see that. Yep, I definitely did. I could yeah, see that. Yeah, and I mean, I think I think Savage and Steamboat is great, but... Oh, man. I'm looking at Austin it from a wrestling Brett. standpoint. Yeah. How about Kenny Omega Okada? You know, it's really funny you say that because I made a list of feuds that I'm surprised didn't make it onto this list, and Omega Okada did not make it onto this list. Not even a single vote. That's probably because no one really knew what they were feuding about. That's was true. it just they were, were they just feuding about the title? As far as I know, it was just the title. Exactly. Like yeah. I watched that that story kind of well. Not the whole story unfold, because if I watched the whole story unfold, I could tell you why they were feuding. No, but I, <laughs> I know you watched all the major matches. I, I did. I watched all the major matches, and they were all great. Yeah. But, like, no one knows why. Why they're feuding? Yeah. Or? Is it well, just because they wanted the title? I think the spirit of competition. Okay. I think the belt itself is... But did any one of those two guys do anything malicious to the other? No, beyond just, like, a regular, like, attack. Right. Right. You know, no. So, because the matches were great, yeah, it was a great feud in that standpoint. Ah, so that does, that does bring up a good point. But they never did anything malicious to say, No. Hey, I want to kill you, you bastard. Alright, so that's good. That's good right there. So, so is that like a, is that certain criteria that a a good feud needs to have? Just like that, that blood feud that, uh, that just needs to settle a score. It needs a good story. Yeah. Alright, yeah, I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. yeah. Alright, so next we have Mr. X. And Mr. X has Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. Stone Cold Steve Austin and Mr. McMahon. Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin. And Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. So really the the only new one that we have here is Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. And that was a feud that kicked off the 1980s originally when Hogan was with Blassie. It was uh, Hogan playing the role of the villain and Andre playing the role of the hero. But more people remember this as the, the feud of 1987 that headlined WrestleMania 3. Hogan as the hero as the champion against Andre, the jealous friend that wanted a title shot. 
How awesome was the build-up to that match, though? Amazing. With Piper's pit. Oh, my God. Andre it was amazing cross build-up. Off Hogan. Hogan was bleeding on the chest. Piper rubbing his chest. You're bleeding. You're, you're bleeding. <laughs> yeah, uh, no. the contract was... sign-in. Yeah. Hogan's I mean, face was intense during that whole contract sign-in. And say what you want about the match itself, man, but still. I, I thought mean, that match was decent, though. No, you got the payoff. You got you got Hogan slamming Andre. 100%. And winning. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely, like, that was the perfect payoff ending. Not even, it wasn't even the ending to the story because then you had the million dollar man yeah. stealing the title. Yeah. The, the referee, Earl Hebner, had a plastic surgery. How much did he pay for <laughs> plastic surgery, brother? <laughs> the interview after, he's like, look, look, you can see the $100 bill spilling from his pocket. <laughs> there was nothing spilling from his pocket at all. <laughs> But yeah, like, like, so the Andre feud kind of ran into that Million Dollar Man feud. WrestleMania 4, they had another match. Kind of, no one won, right? It was a double DQ or something. Double DQ, yeah. So, it lasted for a while. I yeah, enjoyed that I mean, feud. That feud is actually what really, really, really got me into wrestling. Yeah. It was Andre Hogan. Yeah, I mean, you had Hogan the ultimate hero against uh, Andre, the literal larger-than-life personality. And they did a great job to make you believe Hogan was the first guy to ever slam Andre. Yeah, absolutely. When, when in reality, Hogan, that wasn't even the first time Hogan slammed Andre. No. Hogan slammed him in 1980. Kamala slammed him in 1980 probably Ka- too. Kamala slammed him too. Did the Harley Race Harley slam Race too, yeah. El Santo, you know. So Vince just does an amazing job of convincing people. Exactly, like, but the big thing is there was no internet. And no there internet, was no yeah. social media to a different time to make you believe otherwise. You know, you wouldn't know. Yeah, <clears throat> and it and it makes you wonder if uh, if things would have uh, would have been different if the internet was around back then. It was. was it? You know, would would the same guys be on top that were on top? Probably not. Probably not. The business it would probably be all out of business by now. Yeah. I, I think once the secret's out, then, uh, you know... What, what... The magic isn't there anymore. Yeah. All right, well, let's move forward here. We have Danny in Dartmouth. He gives us Steve Austin and Mr. McMahon. He gives us Trish Stratus and Lita. He gives us Edge and Christian versus the Hardy Boys versus the Dudley Boys. And he gives us, here's a unique one, the Monday Night Wars. Yeah, well, like, we're talking about wrestling feuds. Yeah. So we didn't say wrestlers. That's a good one, actually. Very yeah. out of the out of the box pick right. there, I it, would say. Exactly, and it really was. That was a great feud. You know. Right. So could you really call that McMahon versus Bischoff? I mean, I guess in a sense you if could. If you want to put two people into it, rather yeah. than two, two separate entities. Beyond WWF versus WCW, then yeah, Vince yeah. versus Bischoff. I mean, that's a that's a hell of a feud right there. Hell of a story. And I thought it was pretty cool that he uh, he had Edge and Christian, the Hardys, and the Dudleys because I mean those matches right there revolutionized tag team wrestling yep, of the early two thousands. And I mean we're still seeing the effects of that to this day. AEW just had that pay per view with the multi multi person ladder match. You know what's funny though? You say that right? Yeah. But more than half of those guys are still going. Right? I mean Edge is going. Christian's going. Edge's going. Christian's going. Matt Hardy's going. going. Both of them. Is uh, I, I mean, I I know Devon's done. Yeah, Jeff is still going too. 
Is so, Devon the only one not going? <clears throat> Bubba? Is Bubba still going? I don't know. I wow. Don't, I don't know. I'm sure Bubba could still go. Yeah. Devon could probably still go. Interesting. So huh? those matches, as much as they took a toll on their bodies, yeah, those guys are still kicking, man. They're still going. Wow. And going strong. They're just going to wrestle for the title at WrestleMania. That is saying something. Christian right just there. got signed to a multi-year deal in AEW. The yeah. Hardy Boys are going strong. It's like they never stopped. Damn, man. Yeah. So those guys really had a long-lasting impact on uh, wrestling in general, and I guess we can say it's probably thankful to that feud. Yeah. Definitely. And Trish Stratus and Lita. What do you think of that feud? Uh, probably the best women's feud. I don't think it's the best feud feud. Yeah. You know? um, even women's feud, I, I wouldn't even really call that the best women's feud. Well, <sighs> we were just talking about a phenomenal women's match that took place recently between Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. That was a really good match. So maybe... Uh, maybe if we were doing this show, say, five to ten years from now, maybe we'd be saying Thunder Rosa and Brew Baker. Yeah, even though you got mad at me the other day for uh, calling out a couple of bad spots in that match. Oh, no, I wasn't mad at you. I just, I just <laughs> needed a, a good opportunity to pull out a JR uh, rant. I got you. Of sorts. Of sorts. But I'm just, you know, but as good as, as good as that match was, there was a couple of spots, right? Sure. Like, Ponderosa went into that front flip to the chair. Ponderosa. Huh? Ponderosa. Ponderosa. Ponderosa, okay. Yeah, that's the girl that Just making Baker, sure. Right? Just making sure that's what I heard. Um, and then, you know, there's a couple of spots where Baker went a little slow. Rebel swinging that... that uh, the crutch. Crutch real slow. Yeah. But aside from that, yeah. it was a great match. Hey, you know what's crazy to believe? Is that Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, Halloween Havoc 97, yep. they had a few botches as well. And people still consider that to be a uh, a five star match right there. So happens to the best of them, you know. I get it, but that's because those guys are going too fast. Okay. These girls just went too slow. Yeah. Those couple spots. Yeah. That's it. That's Simple. So. So, <laughs> so uh, what do you say? Four point five out of five. If you were ranking this as a star system. Yeah, four and a half. All right. All right. Four, four, maybe a four, four, because in a ranking system, once you go five, like that's yeah, five is the best, right? Five's the top. Exactly. No matter what Meltzer says, five is the top. Exactly, as high so as you can go. I'm going like four point seven five for my okay highest all the time, unless something right. out there just like oh my god blows me away. All right, well that's that's good. That's, that's a pretty high ranking and definitely a a must see match for anybody who hasn't seen it. It's, oh my god, we were talking about this earlier. The fact that the WWE Network is going to be a thing of the past very soon is heartbreaking. Yeah, you were saying a lot of the old stuff isn't on there? Yeah. Is it, so you don't know if it's going to be on there. Or no, and I, and I heard that the majority of what is on the network right now, uh, it's going to take until August for all this stuff to be uploaded to Peacock. Why? That's what I want to know. You know that nothing's changing overseas, right? Like no, they still have it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it really makes me want to uh, just get a plane ticket and just move on over there because the the network is amazing. So you want to move across the country? Yeah, to another country. Just have the benefits of the network, man. When you can pay five dollars, yeah, 
the Peacock. Yeah, and I can get the Office as well. Cheaper, you can get the Office. Yeah. Yeah. No, just not logical. (laughs) (laughs) Plus, you have everything on the network on files anyway. Who, me? Yeah. (laughs) Do you not? No, I do. I do have a lot of stuff on files anyway, but I mean, I don't know. It, it's just, it, it's a good thing I have all the important stuff readily available. Because, man, this would, when it comes crashing down and it hurts inside, man. You're still a real American. <laughs> Alright, let's move forward here. We got Mike the Wolverine. He gives us Hulk Hogan and the Macho Man Randy Savage. We have Stone Cold Steve Austin and Bret Hart. We have Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes. And we have... The Undertaker and Kane. So let's start with Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage. I mean, me personally, that was the feud that really got me into wrestling. That's yeah. the first feud I can really remember. Like, wow, this, these guys really have an issue. They don't like each other. What's the deal here? Because it was a real issue, mm-hmm. right? He had a woman in the middle of it. Hogan had lust in his eyes for Elizabeth. Allegedly. Everyone saw it. Yes. Macho Man called him out on it. Hogan didn't like it. That was his brother, brother. Yeah. And, you know, Elizabeth was there in the middle, damsel in distress. You know, don't fight over me. But you know she was loving them fighting over her. Oh, of course she was loving it. They all do. Of course they, they love do. it. They um, love it. That was, yeah, that was great for you because it was relatable to a lot of people. Love I have for you, brother, is the same love I have for Elizabeth. Like, like a brother and a sister. Brother. <laughs> You know what I mean? But you know what I'm saying? It was relatable to people. It was a relatable um, subject. So I think that's what made it so great. Um, Not really... to mention the two biggest stars in the company at the time. Uh, you know, one moment on the same team, the next moment on opposite sides of the fence. It's kind of like a line in the sand there. Right. Like, whose side are you on here? And Elizabeth felt that as well as she was asked to pick a side and she didn't pick a side she eventually picked a side but for Wrestlemania 5 she did not pick a side I wish they were fighting over the genius the genius oh please please (laughs) who loves me the most prove it to me is it my brother Randy or is the hulking hulkster oh man and Undertaker and Kane I like it that is a... Uh, that was a long-lasting feud. Yeah. But then they were partners. Yeah. Then they weren't. Then they were partners again. Then they fought at WrestleMania again. Then they loved each other. Yeah. Then they fought again. Yeah. Yeah. Love-hate relationship between the two quote-unquote brothers that may or may not have burned one another and their parents. But it was... Oh, yes! <laughs> again, it was a good feud because it was relatable to a lot of people. A lot of people have siblings out there. Yeah. Um, they just don't like the other sibling. Right? Yeah, I mean, there you have it. I guess, uh, I guess that's life. Yeah, huh? I'm sure no one burned anybody. But. I, I certainly hope not. There's better ways to uh, settle your issues than than fighting to light someone else on fire. Yeah, <laughs> I will set myself on fire. That's like me. That's like you and I arguing about this podcast. Yeah, and then like me challenging you to a match where you know. If I beat you in a street fight, you're going to have to light yourself on fire. Mm. <laughs> and vice versa. Yeah, I'd be like, man, really? It's come to this? That's why wrestling's so absurd. It's so fun. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. Like, that's certainly why we're continuing with, uh, I believe this is episode 15 is it of already? this podcast. Yeah. Remember when we promised everybody, like, you know, one episode a week? Yeah. Know, one episode every six months if you're lucky. Those were the days. <laughs> All right, next we have Steve the Savage. He gives us Bruno Sammartino and Larry Zabisco. He gives us Bruiser... World odor. Odor! Larry Zabisco. <laughs> yeah. uh, Bruiser Brody and the original Sheik. Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes. And Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. So let's start with Bruno and living legend Larry Zabisco. Well, I've told you before, and I'm going to say it again, I really haven't watched many Bruno matches. He just bored me. Yeah. I, I've tried. Well, I, I got to tell I you. I can't not do it. That Bruno and Zabisco feud is really good. That's what I hear. Yeah, I hear it's that. really good. The promos are really intense. And the uh, the final cage match in Shea Stadium, is it's really good. It's really good. Maybe I'll give that feud a chance. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've... Uh, I've got a video coming up on on all that, but uh, God, it's it's so much easier to say something's coming out than to actually do it. Yeah, there's no motivation but, anymore. Man. No, that's not. That's not all <laughs> the wind. Things are starting to open up again. Yeah, so that's like, true. You can actually go out. You can do things now. Mm-hmm. Who wants to sit behind a computer after you've been sitting behind a computer for this all day long? Yeah, this whole this whole long ass year. Yeah. Right. Like there was nothing else to do. Until the computer so, takes my job. Yeah. And they give me a watch and kick me on the butt. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, maybe I'll give that feud a chance. I don't know. No, I, I, I'm, I I'm think... I'm not a big Larry Zbysko fan either. I understand, but you know, so the 1980 was Larry Zbysko's year. The, like, the ultimate heel. To you me, know how good Piper was in 84 and 85? That was Zbysko in 1980. I don't believe it. No. I don't believe it. Oh, man, I'm telling you, man. Zabisco is great as a I'm not going to sit there and find out either, though. Oh, no. I know. Oh, no. Bruiser Brody and the original Sheik, they uh, they had big business in Japan. They had big business in Detroit. But uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I kind of expected more to see Bruiser Brody and Abdullah the Butcher um, because, I mean, their feud, their feud was, I mean, Japan, Puerto Rico, the States. All that. They took uh, that show everywhere, right? Everywhere, man. I mean, I never really tried to pay attention to any Bruiser Brody stuff. I mean, that's a damn shame. Before, I know it was before my time. Yeah, and I could see me actually liking his stuff. But oh my god, he was incredible, man. Yeah, this incredible match. Not enough hours in the day for that, though. Like, I hear you. Can you imagine me like, all right, I'm gonna have to stop. Hey, how we're gonna watch Bruiser Brody versus uh, Abdullah the Butcher? Yeah. Fix me a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't think she's gonna. No. Respond well to any of no. that sentence right there. <laughs> All right, the uh, the next list here, the uh, a first time submitter from, uh, hey, my boy Benny. Oh, it's Benny. It's Benny. Benny from Sagaba. No, not the same Benny, but uh, it's still our boy Benny. We got Taz and Sabu. We got Terry Funk and Cactus Jack. We got Raven and the Sandman. And we have Hollywood Hogan and Sting. All right. First off, Raven and the Sandman over Raven and Dreamer. I know, right? No, man. I know. Is that a mistake? 
I don't know. I don't know. He might not be our boy anymore after this. No, I mean, Taz Sabu, great. Yeah. Yeah. That, that yeah. That awesome feud. But Dreamer and Raven also deserves to be there. I totally I'm not agree. Raven Sandman, though. Right? Well, gotta think about oh, that, it, though. That's the, the fuller story, right? Where, uh, yeah, like Raven. Sandman's kid was called He stole Raven's the Daddy. kid, stole the wife, you uh, know. That one, yeah, right. It was definitely creative. It definitely was creative. Yeah. But I still think Dreamer Raven is better than that. I, I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. And Lori Fulton was nothing to look at. <laughs> Those were your words, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> what you think so? Uh, well, oh, no, no, no. All right, so now the awards too. Yeah, they're my awards too. <laughs> but what about uh, Terry Funk, Cactus Jack? Yes, mutilating, mutilating each other with barbed wire in Japan. I mean, geez, they That's were a great pick. They were the originators of the exploding ring that didn't explode. Yeah, Terry Funk. What the hell was that? Why? <laughs> why? And I'm asking, why? Why say you're going to do this and and not? Why? But yeah, Terry Funk, Cactus Jack, man, and Hogan and Stink, man, those are great picks from our boy Benny right there. Let's uh, let's check and see. We got Rolled Snake Eyes here. He's got, and this is a great pick right here. Bret Hart versus Owen Hart. We have Ric Flair versus Sting. Hulk Hogan versus Rowdy Rowdy Piper. And Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Mr. McMahon. So let's start with Bret and Owen. That is a very good feud right there. It was a good feud. Two brothers, the younger one jealous of the older one, feels like he's living in the other's shadow. Uh, you think it was the other way around? Wrong. No? Yeah? Yeah. Let's hear it. How I, about it? <laughs> <laughs> I think Bret Hart just didn't want to share the spotlight with Owen because he was a selfish prick. His brother Owen. He was too damn selfish his whole career. That's what Owen said. That's why Owen kicked his leg out of his leg. Exactly. And he never wanted to give anything to Owen. He wanted the spotlight all to himself. Brett, you selfish prick. <laughs> you lousy, stinking hyena. And, you know, that's why Owen was mad. I don't blame him. And Owen even helped Bob Backlund take the title from Brett. All he wanted to do was step out of his shadow. That's it. And he beat him at WrestleMania 10. But you were too damn selfish, Brett. That was a great match. Awesome match. Awesome match. <laughs> Greatest opening match of all time. That's oh, my yeah. that's my pick. I would say so. Ric Flair versus Sting. Awesome feud. Oh man. Starting with the Clash of the Champions. The there's first so many good feuds, dude. Yeah, man, there's a lot. And there's still a lot to come here, which is crazy to think about. But yeah, Ric Flair and Sting, I mean they fought on the first nitro and they fought on the last nitro. Yeah. That was a shame though, right? It wasn't it wasn't the same. With the last Nitro? Yeah, Flair no. the shirt on. Flair's got the shirt, yeah. No, it wasn't. And Sting, like, in storyline, was supposed to be injured and burned and all that stuff. Oh, was he really? And because it was the final Nitro, it was like, all right, none of that matters. Right. Here's Sting. Who was he feuding with at the time? Vampiro! Vampiro! <laughs> Vampiro! As far as I remember. <laughs> and the Kiss Demon. <laughs> the Kiss Demon, yeah. God of Thunder and Rock and Roll. Hey, Hogan and Piper, though, that brought us right up to WrestleMania. 
That was a pretty good feud. Rock and wrestling. Rock right? and wrestling right there. That was awesome. They, yeah, like you said, they brought us right to WrestleMania. That rock and wrestling stuff was awesome. It was so mainstream. Cindy Lauper came in, right? Absolutely, was, man. Uh, you said it. That was the time. All right, let's keep this train going here. We have the first time submission from Extreme Dragon. We have Ric Flair versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. We have the Dynamite Kid versus Tiger Mask. We have the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, versus Nigel McGuinness. And we have Kazuchika Okada versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Why were they feuding? What, Okada and Tanahashi? Yeah, isn't Tanahashi that plays the guitar? Yeah. Alright. Yeah, that's him. That was pretty much the feud that that brought New Japan back to like the mainstream. Yeah. That's probably when I started watching it, I think. It really was. Like it was it, it, it just kicked off that new era of the company. I think that's when the Bullet Club had was fairly new. Yeah. Yes it was. Yep. Right? Yes so, it was. Yeah, New Japan was really coming to its own yep. right around that time. Definitely a hot period of time for that company there. Um, but then on the other end of the spectrum on this list, Flair and Steamboat. Great feud. Holy cow, producing some of the greatest matches of right. all time. It's almost like one of those where you, you hear it, and you're like, oh boy, how is that not going to be there at the end? Yeah. Because I don't think like, it is. No, no. Like, that's definitely a spoiler. That feud does not make it to the end. However, I mean, just like we, like I just said, some of the greatest matches of all time, Flair Steamboat. Just two guys that definitely understood wrestling, understood each other. Amazing chemistry. And I think that was one of those feuds where it was a great feud because of the wrestling. Not because yes. it was a great story, right? Well, still, even the story. Think about it. The the guy who, you know, flaunts his money. Flaunts his money. says, you know, he's, uh, he's a ladies' man. Then you got Ricky Steamboat, who's the ultimate family man. Brings his wife and his child to the ring. You know, one person's all about the life of debauchery. Whereas you have another person who's living the family life. Yeah, but did they really, like, bring that to light that that's why they did not like each other? Oh, like, sure, they yeah. Did, yeah. Yeah, they did, yeah. Yeah, they did. And then, like, then you had that moment where Ricky Steamboat stripped Flair of its suit, and it was just very symbolic of just, you know, that that rags to riches kind of things. Or, or in that case, riches to rags, you right. know, which Steamboat is ripping your suit off. But, uh... All right. I mean, I didn't know that the, it went back that far. I didn't know they went. Yeah, and it's crazy too because they even feuded. Their major feud was in 1989, but they feuded even further back than that. I mean, the late 70s, the early 80s, and mid Atlantic. I mean, these guys just had phenomenal chemistry. They even in 1994, you know, they they went to the well once again and they Spring had another Stampede. match. Spring Stampede. Boom. There you go, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, and and they did. They had another awesome match. It's just two guys who just have amazing chemistry right there. Flair and Steamboat. And you can say the same about the Dynamite Kid and Tiger Mask. Really? <laughs> yeah. What, in Japan? Yeah. Did they? Yeah, Dynamite Kid and Tiger Mask, man. That's a, That was like... That was the feud that the... Cruiserweight division in WCW is pretty much based around. Gotcha. Yeah, now, did, like, they revolutionized. Didn't Dynamite Kid fight under a mask? 
in Japan or no? No, that was, that was Chris Benoit. Benoit. Yeah. Right, right. And I'd say one of the best feuds in Ring of Honor history, the American Dragon, Brian Danielson versus Nigel McGuinness. I've heard about this feud. I never really... You never won. saw the footage of... I've seen the footage. I've never seen a full match. No. No, but I've heard Nigel oh McGuinness God. was quite the wrestler back in the day. Oh, Nigel McGuinness. What could have been? Yeah, best, could probably been, the best man. ever, right? I'm telling you, man. On the list of what could have been, number one, Brian Pillman. Number two, Nigel McGuinness. He was right up there with uh, CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Samoa Joe. Absolutely. Right. He, 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 if not for his injuries, Nigel would have been... Top top guy. What is his injury? What's his what's his deal? I know that when he signed with the company, he had like two separated shoulders, and just like a lot of just lingering. Didn't he have like wear a, and tear? A disease though, or something? He did. He did contract. I believe it was hepatitis C. That's when he was in TNA. Right. Contracted that in TNA, which was which was after the whole WWE situation because they they offered him a contract then when he did his physical they realized he was way too beat up for their liking right and uh which caused him to to instead sign with TNA he uh he had a great feud with Kurt Angle and then just uh, you know time went on you know they kept using him not really in a big role but uh as time went on, he ended up contracting hepatitis C. That's tough, man. Yeah, man. And just all because of uh, a bloodborne disease. And if they had just changed the ring canvas in between matches, it would be a different story. Right. But, but he's a great commentator now. At least he's enjoying life after wrestling. But uh, that initial feud, especially their Ring of Honor world title slash Ring of Honor pure title unification match it's it's must see it's must see wrestling that's something I I could see myself you know looking up on YouTube watching yeah it's not like a Larry Zbysko Bruno San Martino feud where it's too old for me I think <laughs> this is more you know um, New Day so I wouldn't mind catching up on that feud it's a new day yes it is sure is <laughs> alright so we have Jordan in Tennessee his list consists of Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. That already sucks. Stone Cold Steve Austin and Mr. McMahon. Stone Cold Steve Austin and... <laughs> no, the next one is Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. And Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio. Eddie and Rey is good feud. Yeah. The, for sure. Dude, they're all... That list is... That's a good list. That's a pretty okay. good list, man. <laughs> Stone Cold and The Rock, you know, they have three WrestleMania matches to their... Yeah, man, exactly. To their and name. that was a great feud. Yeah. Just, again, phenomenal chemistry between those two guys. Uh, Eddie and Ray as well, man. We already mentioned it earlier, but that Halloween Havoc 97 match between those two, it's one of my personal favorites. Yeah. It's uh, it's definitely got to be in the top five matches in WCW history. Eddie uh, and Ray fighting over custody of Dominic. No, no, not <laughs> that one. Not that one. No, the one where he freaked out because Vicky Guerrero, Mister Q. <laughs> That's right. I remember <laughs> yeah. that. But I mean, well, yeah. So they feud carried over into the WWE though. 
Yeah, it's a long-running feud. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. They were able to make it work. Even how stupid of a stipulation that was. Yeah. Whatever, it was still a feud. I mean, Absolutely. someone out there must have found that entertaining, even if, even if it was just Vince. Yeah, and it was, <laughs> you know, it is one of those two great wrestlers. Semi-believable feud. They yeah. at least made it entertaining. Carried a brand for a little while. Eddie and Ray, I get respect for that. But our next list here, we have Paul Licious. This is a heck of a list here. We have Magnum TA versus Tully Blanchard. Great pick. We have the Rock and Roll Express versus the Midnight Express. Great pick. Oh, man. Wait till you hear this one. The Von Erics versus the Fabulous Freebirds. Why are you telling me? Wait till I listen to that one. Holy cow. And Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Bret Hart. <clears throat> Great list. Man. I think that's a fantastic list. Oh my god, it covers a lot of bases there. It does. Man, Paulicious, you got it, man. You got our respect here. Yeah, Magnum and Tully, you know, a great steel cage match, a great I Quit match. Rock and Roll Express, Midnight Express, quite possibly greatest tag team feud of all time. Von Erichs and Freebirds carried in an entire company for a few years. We've already talked about Austin and Brett. I mean, I mean, let's. All right, hold on. Before we get to Austin and Brett, okay. Let's face it. Yeah. Texas was probably the hottest territory at that time. At right? that time, absolutely. Early eighties, man. And that's why where it was, was that? Von Erichs and Freebirds. Free exactly. Yep. yep. Like yeah, the Von Erichs, the clean cut, you know, ah, kind of pretty boys. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, prim and proper, and then you had the Freebirds coming in. Come on, there's Kevin, and I don't man. like to wear running shoes. <laughs> Why aren't you moving your lips when you I talk, I got no Kevin. boots. I don't like to wear <laughs> boots, but I climb to the top rope, and my feet curl around the ropes, and that helps me jump off the ropes. <laughs> you know that? All right, so when the Freebird has gone to Texas, yeah. Michael Hayes is only supposed to be there for two shows. Yeah, isn't that crazy? And that, that is nuts. And they loved him so much, he just ended up staying, he sticking he's, around. He's, he's like, I ain't going anywhere, dude, dude, dude. <laughs> he was very hateable. <laughs> very hateable. You know, they he knew what they had with him. He uh, he helped Ric Flair defeat Kerry Von Erich Christmas night inside the steel cage. And That's right. From there on, I mean, jeez. Very hateable. Great feud. Great feud right there. And that feud could still sell buildings out. I'm not oh, gonna say definitely. stadiums. Yeah. I'm not gonna sit here and say stadium. Possibly, I mean, I don't know. But definitely buildings, you know, twenty four thousand person building. They sell that out. Oh, just great. Great, believable. The free birds work violence. even in this era. Yeah, right? for sure. All right. They could definitely incite a incite a crowd and uh Can you imagine them coming out with Confederate flags oh, these days? Man. Can you imagine? They wouldn't, I mean, obviously. It's Probably not. Politically nowadays. correct that yeah. no one let that happen. But I still got a reaction. But my lord. <laughs> yeah. Man. Alright, so. Next. On the Mark shirts. Fabulous Freebirds versus the Von Erics. Midnight Express and the Rock and Roll Express. Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes. And... Ric Flair and Harley Race. That's a good pick. Man, Ric Flair and Harley Race, that was the story that brought us to the first Starcade. Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes, you know, we just, we discussed them earlier. Pretty much carried an entire generation right there. 
Why was the Midnight's and Rock and Roll so great? Just phenomenal chemistry and just understanding how to get the right emotions out of the fans at the right time. What about Jim Cornette? Jim Cornette as well, yeah. I mean, dude. Yeah, definitely. He he could single-hand, not saying that he did, but yeah. he could single-handedly carry a feud for yeah, the guys man. he was managing. Just telling you. Go here, go here. It's that simple. Sample. Sample. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of Cornette and Arn Anderson kind of mixed there. No, Jim Cornette, man, he could just talk people into buildings. Definitely. All right. Talk the fan, talk the fans into the building. That's Yep. You hear that saying all the time. He really did it. He did. No, he really did, and he's uh, even now. Yeah, he's such a prick. Yeah, people hate him now, and I think it's so funny because of the reasons why people hate him. And it's like, oh, so wait a minute, he's being a heel. He just hates everything past the year two thousand. <laughs> Which I can definitely understand. I do too. But here's the thing: we already know why we hate wrestling. Yeah. Well, not why we hate. Obviously, we still love wrestling because we still watch it. Right. But it's not the same to us because we know the magic, man. We know how yeah. the magic's made. Yeah. We know it's not real. I'm not going to say it's fake. They do put on the show. They get hurt. They it, It's very real. But, like, we know it's predetermined. It's not like when we were kids and we were waiting there saying, like, oh, my God, I can't wait to see this guy, this guy get his ass kicked. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but, I mean, oh, man. There, there's, like, little glimmers of hope. Like, even... I'm trying to think of more recent things that have really captivated me, like uh, like the CM Punk and John Cena feud at the, the beginning of, say, uh, what was that, 2011. Right. Um, that was because of the mic work. The mic work, yeah. Well, yeah, you have to be able to talk the people into the stadium. Right. you got to build up the, build up the match <laughs> some way, somehow. Uh, so I guess that's part of it, too. You know, the secret to a great feud. You, you have to be able to convince the fans that your match is worth seeing, that your issue is worth bloodshed. And that's what a great manager is for, because was Bobby Eaton good on the mic? No. Was Stan Lane good on the mic? No. Was uh, was the other guy there? Uh, Ricky Morin? No. Robert the other, Gibson? The other midnight. Oh, Dennis Condry? Dennis Condry. <laughs> Is Dennis Condry no! <laughs> no! <laughs> That's right. why they got Stan Lane. <laughs> I mean, the Rock and Roll Express weren't great on the mic either, right? Not really. Well, I gotta say, Ricky Morton was pretty good on the mic. Was he? Ricky Morton is uh, definitely an unsung hero, both in tag team and singles wrestling. Just was able to really get that sympathy from the fans. That sympathy, as uh, Scott Steiner would say. Richard Morton. Richard Morton, man. What a dick. <clears throat> Alright, so we have Package Pile Driver Shirts gives us Taz versus Sabu. Mike Awesome versus Masato Tanaka. Damn, man, that's a great pick. Oh, yeah. CM Punk versus Raven. And Steve Austin versus Mr. McMahon. So let's start with Taz and Sabu. It was the feud that brought us to the first ever ECW pay-per-view, Barely Legal. Yeah. And was, beyond. <laughs> well, I mean, that was a great feud. It was. Just the promos leading up to it was great. Sure. Remember the Taz signing contracts promo um, for the pay-per-view? 
the lights go out. Yeah, man. They they did it's a really good Sabo. job. They they did a great job. And uh, Masato Tanaka and Mike Awesome. Oh, man. Based on the matches alone. That was, yeah. That's a feud that was not based on any mic work. No. Zero mic work. They didn't talk anybody into the... No. They wrestled the fans into the building. That right? was a multi-promotional feud from FMW to ECW, even to WWE when they did the One Night Stand ECW revival show. Yeah. It's probably the best match on the show. Yeah, you're probably right. What could have been? They stole the show night in and night out. They did, man. Those chair shots. Holy cow. Even house shows. Yeah, man. Insane. They they worked very, very hard to get their point across. And I gotta tell you, man, CM Punk and Raven, that was a hell of a feud in Ring of Honor. Honor, Yeah, I've heard about that feud, too. The first Ring of Honor show that I went to was the start of the CM Punk and Raven feud. The very beginning of the feud. And I was lucky enough, I saw their Clockwork Orange House of Fun cage match as well later on in the same year. Where, uh, where Vader, uh, Vader, where, uh, where Punk, uh, crucified Raven onto a giant straight edge X. That's when you were a fan of CM Punk, Oh, man, that's when I was a huge CM Punk fan. I can hear the fandom in your voice. Man. (laughs) Ah, man, CM Punk, he broke my heart, man. He broke your heart. Punk broke my heart. It's not like he was trying to steal his girlfriend at the time or anything. (laughs) Her dad. He <laughs> no, he didn't. It no, but I did. Hero. No, but I did go to a Ring of Honor show one time, and I was, I was, you know, with the girl I was mm-hmm. with at the time, and Punk looked at me and he said, "You're with her," and I said, "Yeah," and he said, "Not bad." So that was, you know, that was our initial interaction. Did you give him your number? No. Well, he said you were cute. No, he didn't say I was cute. <laughs> oh goodness Brian oh goodness alright so that rounds up that one alright we have a submission here from on the beef 48 now they may have a questionable name however they give us our first vote for Raven and Tommy Dreamer good glad it's on there at least absolutely they give us actually this whole list is first votes to give us a vote for Chris Jericho versus Shawn Michaels. Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. And what about Kurt Angle versus Brock Lesnar? Those are all good ones. All good picks Except right there. Except for the second one. Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels. Yeah, alright. That's a good one too. That's a great pick, man. It is. but I think Jericho that's... punched Michaels' wife in the I face, man. I know he did. And he also kicked him in the balls. Yeah, and a couple of great matches too. And not just like kind of great matches, like legendary matches. Their WrestleMania match, WrestleMania 19, mm-hmm. was legendary. And they had a ladder match, which was one of the best ladder matches of all time. I don't remember that ladder. Really? Yeah. No Mercy 2008? <sighs> Oh runs. man, you gotta Dude, see this match. It all runs match. into each other right now. Come on, it's funny. I can name you like anything from '85 to like '90. Yeah. And then like after that, I'm just a total mush. Hey man, like we were talking about earlier, there's a certain period of time where there's just like a divide. There's just a divide yeah, between really wrestling really fans. 
And I don't know, maybe it's there. Maybe it's 2008. Could be. It really is. What about Vince Russo and uh, Jim Cornette? That's a great feud. <laughs> Nobody mentioned that, but yeah, if you want to throw that in there. Well, if you want to talk about real life heat. Right. God damn. And it's entertaining anytime Cornette talks shit about Russo. Yeah. I think Russo's just at like, his wit's end. He's kind of like, I'm sick of it. And I'm sick of talking about it. I think it's great because Russo's not in on the joke. I mean, yeah, I guess, yeah. you know, just Cornette is just going crazy, crazy, crazy. And Russo's like, bro, I don't know what's going on here, bro. The guy wants me dead. I file a restraining order. He keeps going. I don't know what is wrong with this man, bro. But yeah, no, that would have been a great pick. But no, unfortunately, nobody picked it. But yeah, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. Awesome. That's a storybook feud awesome. right there. And a great, like you said, storybook. What do you think? Greatest feud in NXT history? Probably. I'd say, I'd say so. so. I don't it, know. What else is there? There's uh, nothing like that one, though. Because those guys, like, no, you know they're really good friends. Yeah. You know, you know, it was real life stuff. Yeah, nothing like that. Uh, feel it. Nothing like that. And uh, Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar, that produced some pretty good matches as well. Definitely. Two great uh, collegiate wrestlers there, showing what they could in the professional ranks. All right, let's keep going here. We have first-time submission from Hardcore Revolution. We have Rob Van Dam versus Jerry Lynn. We have Raven versus Tommy Dreamer. The Undertaker versus Mankind, and Ric Flair versus Ricky Steamboat. That's another good. That's another good list. So let's start with RVD and Jerry Lynn. I'd say the few that carried ECW through yep. uh, their dying days. And that's there. another example of a few that they wrestled the fans into the building. Yes, because they wrestled their asses off. Yeah, Jerry Lynn said that that few took years off of his life. I believe it. Yeah, well, we don't have confirmation of it yet, but we'll find not out. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope not. Not anytime soon. Um, and we have our second vote here for Raven and Tommy Dreamer. We we really didn't talk about that before, but man, Raven and Tommy Dreamer is that not just like the perfect feud? Yeah, because it, the man. backstory to that feud was high school, right? Yeah, man. The summer jock camp. And the Summer camp. One guy Summer steals camp, a girl from another. And right, he's the jock. Yeah, you know, and got... the guys just just can't get over the fact that this guy got his girl, and then the the girl lost all sorts of weight, and now she's uh. I enjoy backstory. I enjoy a really really good backstory, even though you can't see how it came about, but you can listen to how it transpired. You know. I think you need it. You, yeah. To fully invest in a feud, I think you need that story. Right. You need that reason. And I think that one did the best of giving you the backstory. Yes, I, I agree. I totally agree with you on that, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I mean... Like, it, Undertaker King was a good backstory, too. Undertaker King was. Uh, on this list specifically from Hardcore Revolution, Undertaker Mankind. I mean, that, uh, that produced, in my opinion... The most must-see wrestling match of all time. If you're a wrestling fan, you have to see The Undertaker versus Mankind Hell in a Cell. Yeah. That's like a prerequisite if you want to be a, a real wrestling fan right there. Um, and then, of course, another vote here for Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat. Probably the best pure wrestling feud that's uh, that's ever been. But uh, 
Yeah, for a first submission from Hardcore Revolution, that's... Alright, so if you had to pick the best Strictly Wrestling feud, are you going Rob Van Dam and Jerry Lynn or Steamboat Flair? If you're going Strictly Wrestling, it, it's hard to say because RVD and Jerry Lynn was great, but they also made use of, say, chairs and tables. True. You know? And they weren't drawing the big crowds that Steamboat and... Right. Because they didn't have the chance to, though. You're right. But do yeah. you think they could have? Um, no, I don't, I don't think they could have. And I'll tell you why. Because because of Ric Flair. That's the one reason. Ric Flair. That is the most believable world champion of all time. That's the one person that could talk anybody into anything at any time. When you look at RVD and Jerry Lynn, neither one of them were very good on the mic. Yeah, but Ric Flair at the time. I see what you're saying. But given a bigger platform like the WWE, WWF, whatever. Okay. All right. Ric Flair at the time, he had that charisma, you know, wheel and deal and son of a gun. Sure. All that stuff. Big shot. Rob Van Dam had the stoner, you know, let's smoke some weed. It's cool. And that was the big thing back in the day, too. It was like, you know, High Times Magazine was cool. You know, so given a bigger platform. Could that have been the Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat? If they had the right presentation. If they had a presentation almost like UFC, where they could do like that documentary style thing of like following these people right. around, seeing what they're really like in real life, I could absolutely see that. But for pro wrestling being pro wrestling... Flair Steamboat. I Flair Steamboat. That's, that, that's just the, the, the divide there. I see what you're saying. And I could definitely see that. I could definitely see RVD, Jerry Lynn being a uh, a big-time feud. A different time, a different place, though. Right, right. You know? Uh, it, it, hey, if that feud happened in NWA at the same time as, say, Flair and Steamboat, I, I think they possibly could have done, you know. Uh, they could have been inspired. Let me say that. They could have been inspired by what uh, Flair and NWA, Steamboat... The NWA wouldn't have known what to do with guys like that, though. Well, RVD and Jerry Lynn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. You're right about that. All right, we're winding down here. We're almost done. We got a list here from my literal bro, Shep from Shepland. He gives us Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant, John Cena and CM Punk, The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels, and Steve Austin and The Rock. So, again, Hogan and Andre. We talked about them earlier. Good friends, better enemies. That was a great feud. John Cena in The Rock. No. John Cena in The Rock? John Cena and CM Punk. Punk. (laughs) Yeah, that was a great feud. John Cena and CM Punk was great. So we knew CM Punk's contract was up. Yes. We knew he was wrestling without a contract. Yeah. So you knew Cena was going to win the title. Oh my God. Only he did not. He didn't. He did not. How awesome was that? That was amazing. That was must-see. Punk leaves... Through the crowd with the title. Yep. And then leaves for like a month. Right. So you think, theoretically. Right. He's going to defend it in ROH. He's yeah. He's New Japan. Like he said. He could show up anywhere with that title. Yep. But then again, you know, as someone who's smart to the business, you know he's not going to because Vince would never ha- let that happen. But is he? But Vince would never let that happen. He proved that in Survivor Series when he screwed Bret Hart, right? It was a different time. Brett screwed Brett, by the way. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you had to throw that one in there. Had to throw that one in but there. But no, right? So you knew Vince wasn't going to let that happen. So you knew he was coming back at some point. Yeah. But there was that little 
doubt in the back of your mind that said, is he? <laughs> yeah. And it definitely produced some uh, some great matches, some great TV. Uh, speaking of which, uh, again, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 25, WrestleMania 26, two of the greatest matches of all time. Ever. Yep, I would with, have to agree. Yeah, with two of the all-time greats, Michaels Taker. All right, here we go, Brian. The last list, the final list, and it's from Bobby on the beat. He's usually pretty right. Oh, boy. So let's see what he's got here. We have Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. We have Stone Cold Steve Austin and Mr. McMahon. We have Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. And we have Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. Do you think Bobby got it right? Two out of four. Two out of four? I All think right. so. Well, maybe he did. I don't know. All right. I'm not keeping track of my head. Well, let me, let me ask you this question. Were there any feuds that you were surprised didn't get mentioned? Um, no. I mean, honestly, maybe like Sheamus versus the Sun. <laughs> no, but <laughs> really though, no. There's really not any of that. All right, there was one that I was I was definitely surprised didn't get mentioned, right. and that was Triple H versus Shawn Michaels. Yeah, I know. I could see it. But you knew the whole time they were feuding they are really, really good friends in real life. Yeah. You know what I mean? But still. But, you I know. know. I'm I, telling you, man. I just keep going back to SummerSlam 2002 with that initial street fight that they had. It was just, it was great. If someone put that on their list, I wouldn't argue it. You know? But nobody put it. No. Not a single one. So, that leaves me with this question, Brian. Who did you put on your Mount Rushmore of wrestling feuds? My list. Alright, so <laughs> Stone Cold McMahon. Of course. Gotta be, right? Hogan Savage. Yeah. That was, you know. Yeah. It was the perfect feud. Yeah. Well, the perfect storyline for a feud, I should say. Sure. Absolutely perfect, in my opinion. Von Eric's Freebirds. Oh, man. Awesome. Yeah. That's, awesome pick. I, I tell you all the time, I'm not a big fan of the old, old school wrestling, but I watched that feud, man, and I loved it. Yep. And I go back and I could still watch it because they rocked the house. They did. The Freebirds literally rocked the house. <laughs> and uh, <sighs> my last pick, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart. Ah, oh, yeah, man. Bret Hart made a Brian... Oh, my God, Brian. What the hell is going on? because of Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Yeah. I would have much much rather seen, like, a Shawn Michaels-Anvil feud. Oh, wow. Can you imagine that one? (laughs) Wow. No, Shawn Michaels-Bret Hart was great, because, like I said, there was real bad blood there. The the sexy boy. The the big uh, (laughs) big rhino bastard. Uh, All right. Well, my list, I was very conflicted. My, My Mount Rushmore, actually, I had, like, seven choices where I was like, no, these have to be on my list. Like, these have to be. So I had to cut three, and out of embarrassment, I don't want to mention the three that I cut. But the ones that made the list, okay? Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. Yep. Totally with you on that. Austin and Vince. Greatest feud of all time. Yep. Raven and Tommy Dreamer. Good feud. It's gotta be on there. Yeah. And one that nobody mentioned, but by God, Brian, I'm telling you, when I think of a feud, this is one of the first things that I think of. Billy Jack Haynes Hercules. 
Close. Not even close. Ronnie Goff and Hammer. No. Ugh. No. Randy Savage and Jake the Snake. It wasn't a long feud, though. No, but, dude, he made a snake bite the guy. And then he slapped the guy's wife. I'm with you. That was a great feud. I'm telling you, that was intense. Intense in just the the short amount of time that they had, the promos that came out of it. I think that is an all-time great feud right there. I'm with you. Savage Jake. Two of the all-time greats. They looked great in the ring together, didn't they? Sure, they did. For a few that only lasted like six, seven months, I'm telling you, man, the effects are with me to this day. I can't look at a King Cobra the same way, man. Your list, you're entitled to it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a All right, one. so, I know I'm not going to do as good of a job here as Sarah would, but here we go. The final stats here. What I'm going to do first, I'm going to read you all of the feuds that got two votes. And then what I'll do is I'll read you. All right. Well, you know, I'm just going to read you the stuff here. All right. The feuds that got two votes each. Hollywood Hogan and Sting. The Rock and Roll Express and the Midnight Express. The Von Erics and the Fabulous Freebirds. Taz and Sabu. Raven and Tommy Dreamer. Ric Flair and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. And Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. We have two feuds here that got three votes each. That is Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker, and Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. And we do have a definitive Mount Rushmore of wrestling feuds. We have Stone Cold Steve Austin and Bret Hart with four votes each. Also with four votes each, Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes. With five votes each, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. And with eight votes, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Mr. McMahon. So there we go. The Mount Rushmore of wrestling feuds. Stone Cold and Mr. McMahon. Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes. And Stone Cold and Bret Hart. What do you think? That's a good little mix. You have um, three WWF feuds. You have one... NWA feud, which is cool. It's a nice little mixture there, right? What's crazy is... Give me a face. Of the, well, think <laughs> about this. Of this Mount Rushmore of wrestling feuds, 25% of it, really, is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Well, maybe less than that. But Alright, so you knew Stone Cold McMahon was going to be there at the end. Definitely. I had a really strong But Stone Cold and Brett, did you expect that to be on I didn't. I was going to say I had a strong feeling about Brett Michaels. Yep. Brett Michaels. Not Brett Michaels. (laughs) (laughs) Brett versus Shawn Michaels. (laughs) Every Rose has his thought. Yeah, Yeah, and think about it. Brett Hart is in two of the feuds in our Mount Rushmore. Right. As is Stone Cold. Right. I did not expect that Bret Hart, Stone Cold, wants to be there. Yeah. Not at the end. I mean, I expected people to have him on, you know, their list, but just not at the end. That's a. Uh... I really, I really think, uh, Von Erics and Freebirds deserve to be there. Like, I really yeah. strongly believe that. Yeah. But then I gotta believe that Raven and Dreamer do too. I'm very surprised that Raven and Dreamer. Yeah, they only got two votes. I know. And they weren't even on by it, but man, what a great feud. Right? Yeah, man. This was 
It's a tough one. It's a good category. Oh, man, this was a great topic because it really gives you the best of wrestling. Like, really, just like the most heated rivalries, the... uh, the most believable matches you could possibly watch. I mean, these, this is the the cream of the crop. Yeah. Well, isn't that all of our Mount Rushmore is the cream of the crop, right? Well, yeah. It's only four people, four things you can have on it. Yeah, I guess that's true. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the next time we get around to doing this, we're going to be doing the Mount Rushmore of WrestleMania moments. So reach out to us on Facebook. Find us squared circle history. You can find us on Instagram square dot circle dot history, or you can even find us on YouTube where we post a cool video version of this uh, this podcast here. Spotify. We're on Spotify. Man, we are everywhere. iTunes. iTunes everywhere. You name it. Squared circle history. We're taking over. Taking over. No, well, not too much at the rate we're putting out shows, but I mean, <laughs> we're doing what we can. Yeah, man. We're having fun. It's whatever. That That is what it is. With all that said, for my co-host, Brian. Later, guys, till whenever we can do this again. Yes, when we join you again. It's going to be the Mount Rushmore of WrestleMania moments. So get those votes in. So... This I like how it. we have a topic before, like, you know, an event. Like WrestleMania. Yeah. But you know damn well we're not going to get this out till like, June. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I hope we at least get it out by Extreme Rules. <laughs> by the time the network uh, is no more and on Peacock. But, uh, yes. So please, let us know your Mount Rushmore WrestleMania moments. With all that said, good night. Hey, this is the innovator of violent Tommy Dream, and I want you to choose your four. It's Pro Wrestling's Rushmore. What are your Mount Rushmores of anything? Hmm, I've been asked this specific question from Ian, Brian, and Sarah. What is my Mount Rushmore? Opponents, favorite matches. I can't name it, but I'll, I'll give you this one. I'll do my Mount Rushmore of my influences in professional wrestling. It would have to be Paul Heyman, Terry Funk, Mick Foley, and the American Dream Dusty Rhodes. Those are my four personal influences and my four wrestling Mount Rushmore of who influenced Tommy Dream. It's subjective. So that's why you listen to this, so you can hear theirs and others. So I hope your pro wrestling Rushmore predictions, thoughts, are extreme.